0: The musical Damn Yankees tells the story of Joe Boyd, a middle-aged fan of the baseball team, the Washington Senators. He is tired of seeing his team lose out to the New York Yankees. So one year, in an offhand way, uh, he offers to sell his soul in return for the Washington Senators winning the pennant. Well, the devil takes him up on that offer. And he is aided in his work by an assistant named Lola, who is described as a sexy and beautiful homewrecker. Her signature song is, Whatever Lola Wants, Lola Gets. Now, as a senior in high school, I was cast in the role of Lola. Now, this may be hard for you to believe, but that part wasn't a natural fit for me. I... I, I wasn't very good at playing a temptress. Now, part of that is I've never really been all that drawn to the idea of temptation. I'm someone for whom self-control comes pretty easily. So I've never felt all that connected to this particular passage from the Bible. But let, so, so let me tell you how I've always imagined this scene. I, I imagine the devil coming up to Jesus and saying, hey. Jesus, over here. Hey, how about if we steal a car, drink a fifth of gin, um, go to a strip club, and then blow all our money at the casino? What do you think? I don't know about you, but I don't find any of that tempting. But of course, that's not what the devil actually says. No, the, the devil is playing a different game a much more subtle game, a much more interesting game. He says, uh, hey, Jesus, look over there. See what your life could be. Your life could be shinier. I mean, you could really be someone. You could be someone important. You could make a difference. What do you think? I was in my late 20s. I I was attending the, the wedding of a friend from college, And at the wedding reception, I ran into another friend um, from college, one one of my underachieving friends. (laughs) At this point in his life, um, he'd been a Rhodes Scholar. He graduated from Stanford Law School. He had clerked for a Supreme Court justice, and he was currently working at the State Department. At the time, I was working as a maid in a hotel. A voice inside of me said, Look over there at his life. You know, you could be doing something like that. Your life could be shinier. You could be doing something important. You could be somebody. You could be making a difference. I compared my life to the life my friend was living, and I was filled with envy. Um, I saw my own life as inadequate, as a failure, compared to his big, shiny, important life. Oh, the devil, the devil knows what he's doing. The devil, the devil isn't asking Jesus to rob a bank. No, he's tempting Jesus to think that things are better somewhere else. Things are better over there. He's tempting Jesus to conclude that God isn't in his actual life, that his own life doesn't contain holiness and meaning and purpose. The devil knows what he's doing. Who among us hasn't asked similar questions? You know, if, if, I, if, I, if I was just 10 pounds lighter or was in better shape, if, if my house was bigger or smaller or better decorated or remodeled, if I lived in a bigger city or, or a smaller city or if I had a more important job, if this one part of my life was different, kind of like that person's life over there, then my life would be shinier. Better, blessed, whole, complete. I would be shinier. Better, blessed, whole, complete. The devil is playing on that dissatisfaction that comes from comparison. And we are drowning in comparison. Social media, Facebook and Instagram, all of it, it it offers almost an infinite capacity for comparison. Um, It's just so easy for us to see glimpses of other people's lives on social media and then look back at our own and our own seem mm, dull and uninteresting and insufficient. And the truth is our whole economy, our, our consumer economy, it is built on comparison and envy. That's the engine that drives it. Um, We watch an ad and we're told, hey, buy this car, use this hair product, purchase this new and improved smartphone and your life will be shinier, your life will be better. And then there is home edit. Are you familiar with home edit? I love home edit. It's the home organizational method that will change your life at least that's what it says on their website. Now, it's a full service operation. The home edit team will come to your house and and reorganize one of your rooms or one of your closets. Um, they uh, have a blog, they put out videos, um, they sell books. There's a show on Netflix, I loved it. Um, they sell lots of overpriced, overpriced plastic containers to help you organize your home. Now, if I could just fully embrace their system, if I could finally get around to organizing my closet so that all light-colored items are adjacent to one another, oh, then my life would be shinier. My life would be better. The devil, the devil knows what he's doing. But so does Jesus. Oh, so does Jesus. Jesus says no to all that the devil offers, Um, which means this is a great story with which to begin our Good Enough Lent. I I want us to take a minute and and, and just be honest about the life of one Jesus of Nazareth. Um, He's a small fish in a tiny pond. He has 30-plus followers. He draws uh, a modest crowd. If there was an ancient world equivalent of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, Jesus wouldn't have even been a part of the conversation. And yet we make the claim that God is to be found in Jesus' life in an unprecedented way. Not because he was famous and did important things and and won awards and, and accolades and lived this outwardly shiny life No, but because he allowed God to dwell in him fully. Jesus chose to embrace his actual, limited, challenging, beautiful life. And then he invited God into every corner of it. Jesus knows what he's doing. And all of that gets captured in our reading this morning. Um, which makes it, again, the perfect beginning for Lent, because this is our Lenten practice this year, to try to do a little bit better with all of this. Uh, first of all, to be honest about our temptations, our our yearnings, our restlessness, our dissatisfaction, um, and then to hear Jesus' invitation, um, his insistence that the ingredients for wholeness, they are already around us, um, in our actual life, with the people we actually are living our life with. So, what if for this year we we did give something up, not sugar or alcohol. Now, what if we decided to give up envy in comparison? Um, It's daunting, I know, but I'm thinking it it might be more transformative than giving up chocolate. so yeah, what if we try to give up envy and comparison for Lent? What if for 40 days we stopped with the, if only, if I could just, when I finally, or we try to. We will be less than perfect in this work. Um, but what if we just tried to do a little better with envy and comparison? And that, that may mean spending a little less time on social media watching less HGTV. Um, And it made me looking around at our actual lives, at how we spend our actual days, who we spend them with, um, every part of our real lives uh, and see it all as blessed enough, as shiny enough, as good enough. I want to circle back to that conversation I had with my college friend that summer. Um, when last we were in this scene, uh, my, my being was being filled. I was being filled with envy and comparison. Um, I said to my friend, wow, the State Department. I mean, how is that? He said, mm, actually, most days kind of boring. And then his face lit up. He said, tell me about your summer. How is Yellowstone? Okay, the part I forgot to mention, um, that hotel that I was working in as a maid, it was in Yellowstone National Park. I was there for the summer, preaching on the weekends and enjoying the park. Um, the rest of my days there, um, I, I, I hiked or fished literally every day in this incredibly beautiful place. It was an amazing experience and an amazing summer our conversation continued. He said, I'm so jealous of you being in Yellowstone. Wow. Yeah, we had both been standing there, each jealous of the other, both of us filled with envy and comparison. Um, when we shared that and, and and realized that was happening, we both had a good laugh. And I like to think that, that we both went back to where we were, he, he going back to D.C., me go, going back, went back to Yellowstone with a new appreciation um, for the experience that we had been given, um, uh, for the gifts that were available to us, if we just had eyes to see them. So this one, I, I invite all of us to, to, to envy less, to compare less to settle into our real lives, to see God in every less than perfect corner of our lives, to see our lives as good enough. Amen.